Welcome to Manager Tools. Today's topic, Timely Meetings, Part 2. And before we go on, one quick note. Actually, a couple quick notes. First, we still have slots available for the Houston Effective Manager Conference on October 7th in Houston, Texas. Also, if you haven't seen it already, we just announced the Santa Clara, San Francisco Bay Area Effective Manager Conference and Effective Communications Conference held on November 3rd and November 4th, respectively. So if you're interested in joining us for either the Effective Manager Conference or the Effective Communications Conference, you'll find the details on the website, www.managertools.com. All right, folks, here we go with the show. You know, our next point is use a visible clock. It, it just continues to amaze me going to client sites and going to a meeting room, you know, a place where meetings take place. And there's no clock on the wall. I don't, I don't get it. I really don't get it. Yeah. You know, there are all kinds of places where clocks are ubiquitous. And yet, um, for some reason in meetings where we just burn cash, right? We don't have any recommendations here about the meeting clock, but I'm sure we'll talk about it later. Well, I, maybe I figured it out. I know why they don't have meeting clocks in or clocks in, in meeting rooms. It's, it's kind of like Vegas. I guess everybody thinks that like work is a big gamble, so they don't, they don't want to have clocks. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I also think it's just that the clock makes them feel like somebody is watching them. The clock is watching them and frowning on them that you're burning time. And And it's always interesting to me to hear people say, well, I just don't have time to get anything done. And they're late to meetings and the meetings go over and they're sloppy and poor. It's like, well, okay, change your behavior and you'll get a whole bunch of time back. Oh, well, that'll be too hard. Our culture doesn't support that. Uh, okay. You know, it's uh, it's uh, catch 22, right? So yeah, look, people will actually blame the fact that, oh, my clock is different than that clock, or they'll blame it on their watch or their clock or even their cell phone, even though cell phones now are all synchronized. Look, the first time you start running timely meetings, just have one clock. Don't use your watch so that only you can see it. Have one clock. It may be on the wall. It may be a little portable one that sits on the desk. Have it visible to everybody. Okay, yeah, set it properly in advance to your cell phone, but really that's not even that important. If it's off by a minute or two, but you have anointed it as the official meeting time, meeting attendees will bow toward it enough that its presence, even if it's off by a minute or two, will greatly increase your meeting's likelihood of starting and ending on time. And here's what I discovered that just floored me. The, the, um, I discovered it, oh, 10 or 12 years ago when I was at Walmart and I was in the clock aisle. And I discovered clocks, battery-operated clocks, big ones, you know, a foot across, are five bucks. I mean, get a battery and get a $5 clock. You know, you could even carry it into the meeting room or frankly, you could donate to the meeting room, but I suspect in many cases it would go away after a while. You can put it on the wall. If there's a hook on the wall, you can hook it to the wall. You can set it in your whiteboards, marker and eraser tray, right? Just just set it there, prop it up a little bit with something so it doesn't roll if it's if it's around. And again, make it visible to everybody. And, and then look at the clock as you're running the meeting. And- even if we finish late, you know it's good if everyone starts watching the clock during meetings as opposed to giving up, as you said, right? Just giving up for an hour until they have excuse to go to another meeting, uh, which is probably going to be ineffective and, and, exp and expensive as well. 
And, and that brings up the point about the meeting clock. If you don't know what a meeting clock is, folks, there is a software available that allow and a, and a clock that you can input the salaries of everybody in the meeting. And then it divides those salaries by the number of working hours in a year, right? Um, generally, the rule is dividing by 2,000, I think, and, and uh, that will give you the hourly rate. And then once you do that, you start the clock and the clock actually ticks in dollars, not in minutes and seconds. And if you have some people in a room, we, we've talked about this, I think, recently on a cast. If you have people in a room and you have a regular meeting that goes over by a little bit, or let's say that the meeting is only halfway effective, we're talking about spending ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 a year just throwing it away in lost salary and what amounts to an opportunity cost. We recommend it if you can get your hands on it. If your organization has one, it, it, it's fun to try a couple of times. If you're the manager, you know every everybody's salary and you can input it appropriately and uh, show them how much that meeting costs. Of course, the the first response people are going to say is, well, let's kill the meeting. Say, no, we're not going to kill the meeting. We're just going to get better at spending the company's money. Yeah. Yeah. And then what you do, if you really want to get people to show up on time, when they walk in late, you have some latecomers, you just point to that clock and glare at them and say, you see, you see what you're costing us when you're late? Yeah, meetings? good. All that does is have them talk s- s- privately afterwards that, gosh, I'm not showing up to his meetings late anymore. I'm just not going to go, right? Oh, well, that, yeah, that didn't work too, too well, did it? Yeah. <laughs> Punishment only causes the offending behavior to go away, but it doesn't ensure that the right behavior will take its place, right? Um, people will avoid punishment. And if that means avoiding your meeting, in some cases, people will do it. So, okay, so what do you do when, when you regularly have latecomers? What do you do when they walk in the meeting? You Just ignore, ignore them? them? Yeah, you ignore them. Look, in the same way that if they weren't there in the beginning, we started on time. There's a fundamental, I think, mis- misapprehension, mis- misunderstanding about meetings that they are a group of people. And it's only the meeting only starts when the group of people gets together. I've never thought about it from a disc perspective. It may well be that high I's and high S's thinks that that's what meetings are. Um, whereas D's and C's, we ought to be th- those of us who are D's and C's, although I have a lot of I as well. You know, maybe we think we're the ones that think it ought to start on time and I's and S's are the ones that are milling about and being inefficient and ineffective. But a meeting is not a group of people. A meeting is a, is an event on our calendar at which we're supposed to attend. If you're late to a meeting because, or four of you are late to a meeting and you think, well, the meeting's not starting because we're not there, you're confused with what the meeting is. It's not a grouping that includes you. It's an event and the event starts at the specified time. And in the same way that we ignore people who are not there when we start, in other words, if there are only six people there of the 10 in the meeting, we're ignoring those four who aren't there. We don't go looking for them. We don't go pinging them. Please, folks, don't do that. Don't go looking for meeting attendees. You just start the meeting. You send a message that we're going to start on time and people gradually will figure out, and it doesn't take that long, gradually, a couple of meetings, they'll figure out they're supposed to be there on time. And look, if I'm always going to be pinged or grabbed or come and got when I'm late to a meeting, what's my incentive for being on time? If there's no punishment for being late and you're going to come get me, why shouldn't I just keep working to the last minute so you can think I'm really, really busy? No, um, we start the meeting on time. When we start the meeting on time without people, we're sending a message that we're ignoring you. We're ignoring your lateness. Now, if we want to be nice, if we want to be good hearted about it, let's just say that person's late. They're doing something else. They know they're supposed to be here. They're a professional. We're not going to get mad at them. We're just going to say they're a professional. They're making 
making a choice. We trust them to have made a choice that's reasonable. Look, if they're with their boss or if they're with my boss, for instance, okay, that's a pretty good choice to do what they need to do. You know, if, if they've been in a car accident and it's a morning meeting, okay, right? They're, they're going to be late and they have a good reason for it. But regardless, we're going to trust them and we're going to ignore the fact that they're not there and kick off the meeting. By the same token, when they come in late, we're going to ignore them again because the meeting is not about them. It's about an event. And if you're the leader, the meeting happens when the event's scheduled to start. So we just ignore them. And, and look, if you really want to be strategic about it, just smile at them silently, politely, and continue on with your agenda. Look, let's make the love of an efficient meeting be the motivator to our folks in the meeting rather than the fear of a program of, of, of punishment of being you know, being in trouble, love over fear, focusing on the positives of meeting rather than negatives of bad behavior. Love or fear is, is, is classic manager tools, kind of cool management theory. Let's focus on the love. Yeah. Agreed. Okay. Now that we started the meeting on time, we've got to stay on time, right? That's a challenge in and of itself. Yeah. And this is where having a list as opposed to an agenda. And that's going to, you know, some people would say, well, I can get away with not publishing an agenda. I'll just start on time and that'll help. And you're right. It will. It absolutely will help your meetings get done more efficiently if you start on time, doing nothing else but start on time without an agenda. But the agenda is what helps us stay on time. It's the times we've allotted to individual items that make all the difference, provided, of course, during the course of the discussion, we can professionally encourage people to stick to the agenda. And we've got, we've got four recommendations that are super simple that will help us, help us do that. Okay. And your first one is include a welcome to, to which, as I'm reading, I'm going like, What? What are you talking? Yeah, yeah, that's about? A, I, and we're gonna stay on time by adding time to the meeting. I, I, what? What are you talking about? When one of my mentors suggested that, I kind of went, you know, help me, help me understand that one a little bit. I, I'm not following you there. And uh, he said, well, look, I'm not gonna explain it. I'm just gonna do it. And what I'd like you to do, Mark, is keep track of where we are in the meeting you know, when we switch over to the next agenda item, right? Because if we always switch over to the next agenda item at the proposed time and the agenda has five agenda items and we're scheduled to finish on time, if we all change at the appropriate time, then we're going to finish on time, right? If we're five minutes late or we take five minutes longer than we have allotted for each agenda item, then we're going to be over. We're going to be well over, right? In an hour, an hour, half long meeting if we've got four or five agenda items. On the other hand, if we're early on everything, then we're probably going to finish early. You can't know that if you just have a topic list, right? It's the agenda with the start time and the end time of every item that makes the difference. And look, it's, it's simple. We always recommend a five-minute welcome on every agenda. Of course, it's nice to say welcome. And, and the key thing is here, it doesn't take five minutes. And what happened when I paid attention to the, the meeting and, and the agenda items, we were always four minutes ahead in the first minute of the meeting because we had a five-minute welcome. Yeah, it makes it harder to do the agenda. You're essentially taking four minutes or five minutes away from the other topics, but that's fine. They're going to fill them up anyway. But yeah, you put that welcome on there, and all of a sudden, you're four minutes ahead of schedule because it only takes one minute to welcome everybody. And one of my weaknesses and when I facilitate meetings is I want that welcome. I don't use it as a welcome. I get expansive in the first five minutes and I take seven minutes to chat rather than or, or, or to expound upon a point because 
Lord knows I can talk. And the end result is I lose it. So I, I try constantly to get better to say, just do a brief welcome and, and, and get yourself some extra time that you can, uh, that you'll need because sooner or later the meeting will get off track and, and, uh, we'll be ahead of schedule getting closer to being on time rather than immediately being behind schedule. Okay. Um, so even if you don't have time for a welcome because you've got a lot to cover, yeah, okay, you're right. But in our experience, most managers struggle with how much time to allot to agenda items in the beginning, right? In our experience, if you can figure out how to get a meeting done in 60 or 90 minutes, you can figure out how to get it done in 55 or 85 minutes. Take that five minutes away from something and you're going to get four of it back. And if you want to give four of it back to that item, that's fine. But you'll find that many discussions that you thought would take 20 minutes, if you suddenly change them to 15 minutes, people will just be more efficient in discussing things. Some people may not speak out as much and you'll be able to get done on time. And for those of you who say, well, I really want it to be expansive. And if people want to talk, I want to hear them talk. That's fine. We want to do that. I, I would argue that's much more a function of whether or not you're an open communicator and whether you treat people well when you, when you have discussions and whether you encourage certain people to talk and, and you give them positive feedback when they do, when they share ideas and you pat them on the back and give them praise as well to encourage the kind of behaviors you want. But there is no highly effective professional executive who would say, look, we've got a three hour meeting scheduled, but if it takes six hours to discuss it on a regular basis, we're going to go ahead and do it. Or if it takes four hours, we're going to go ahead and do it. No, a meeting is not just a place where people sit around and talk. It's a place where people sit around and talk. And that's not our definition, but it's a place where people sit around and talk within the construct of we have to make money, we have to be profitable, and we don't have an unlimited amount of time to do it. And and that's why projects have deadlines and meetings have deadlines, which is to say an end. And so it's it's not appropriate as a professional manager. It's not effective as a professional manager to say, I'm, you know, I'm just going to let people sit around and talk because that way I get better ideas. Not so. Everyone who's done a brainstorming using our technique has discovered that in two or three minutes, if you have, if you're to told you have two or three minutes and the time, the clock is ticking, you suddenly get much more energetic than if you have 15 or 20 minutes. We've seen brainstorming sessions that go 10 minutes that don't produce anything more than a brainstorming session that was two or three minutes long. Adding more time is not inherently a positive to a discussion if, in fact, that's what you see meetings as, which we would argue about anyway. <laughs> so include a welcome. You get four minutes of your five that's on the agenda back, and you can use that to, to, to stay a little bit ahead, or, or when things get off track, you'll be back on time. Good. Okay. So even the best agendas I've seen, and frankly, I've struggled with this in the past, um, which is ending each agenda item on time, right? You see, we've made a decision how much time we're going to spend on stuff. We put 10 minutes for topic X and it's, you know, it's bigger than we thought. It's 15 or 20 minutes long and stopping at 10 minutes is oh, hard sometimes. Yeah, I, I, we see that a lot. It's, um, you feel like you're unnecessarily or, or, or impolitely cutting people off and, um, Again, we'd be bad at it initially, right? As, as we've talked about. So, so you might give 20 minutes to something or 15 minutes to something that really needs 20 minutes. But if we're wrong and then we compound that and, and we let people take 10 more minutes of the next agenda item, we're never going to get done. And so you're going to send a message, well, I'll start on time, but we're not going to finish on time anyway, which will begin to grade the meeting. So look, it's, it's really simple. We have to say out loud that we're going to be moving on to the next topic. We have to facilitate 
as Mike Swinson, our friend says, which it would literally, the definition means to make easy. We need to facilitate the meeting, which again is a deliverable. It's a, it, it's a timed event. Uh, we need to facilitate the timed event being effective, which is to say finishing on time. And so what we're going to do is we're going to actually say something to the person who's talking to give them an idea of where we are relative to time. And if the speaker doesn't relent, if they continue talking, we simply have to overrule them. And yeah, folks, you heard that right. We have to overrule them. We're not, we're going to cut them off. Um, we're going to ask them to stop talking. We're even going to talk over them, although we're not going to do it loudly. We're not going to be, we're not going to do it rudely. And the reason we're doing that is to keep our meeting on the agenda. And yes, the person who you asked to stop talking is going to perhaps be a little bit miffed if they're skin, thin skinned and everybody else privately privately because they don't want to rejoice in the joy of the one person who's always talking, 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 finally being told to shut up. Privately, they're going to love it because they're going to say, you know, finally this meeting, you know, I'm going to go to a meeting that ends on time. And of course, they're going to bring their A game to future meetings that you have because they're going to know this is a meeting that gets done what it's supposed to get done. So we keep our meeting on the agenda. And and when we end it, we're going to recap the meeting or we're going to recap the individual agenda item and we're going to review any deliverables. So, so at 10 minutes into our 10 minute discussion about project X, I'm going to say, okay, we're done with project X. Let's agree. Bob, you said you'd have X on Tuesday. Terry, you said you'd have X on Friday. Great. And, and they say yes. And then we say great. And we move on to project Y and the specifics of that about, about nailing down agenda, agenda item are in our effective meetings cast, but you, you have to be willing to talk over people in order to do it. Yeah. Well, well, let's talk about that a little bit because folks find that, um, let's say uncomfortable. So how do we do that? We have somebody, Bob, who's in the meeting, it's a 10 minute agenda item and he's, you know, he's at the eight minute mark and it's pretty clear he's going to go over. What, what do we do? How can we help Bob stay on track here in terms of our agenda? Yeah, um, we use the gentle two minute and the subtle one minute rule. Um, it's not, it's not hard. Again, just to be clear, this is part of our effective meetings cast, but we want to, we want to touch on it here. How do you handle folks who want to keep talking regardless of why they're doing it? Again, we have an obligation to the rest of the meeting agenda, uh, meeting attendees to stop those rabbit trails from happening. And if they're still talking after 50 minutes, there's no evidence that they'll finish up in a minute or two. If you ask them and they say they'll finish up in a minute, that's fine. You can give them another minute. But in any way, what we do is two minutes before the time for this agenda item will expire, we politely say out loud for everyone to hear, right? We say two minutes. That's all. Just two words. We say two minutes. If you want, if you're comfortable, if the if the meeting room allows it, you can just hold up your, your two fingers to indicate two minutes. And that way you don't have to say anything. You've got to make sure the speaker who's speaking sees your fingers up as two minutes. And you may want to mention that as a, as a ground rule that when I hold up my finger of two fingers, it means you have two minutes left before the agenda item has to be done. Okay. Everybody's going to hear it. Everybody can see it, but it won't be obtrusive. It won't affect the flow of the meeting at all. Then if they're still talking at the one minute mark, one minute before their time is up, we now say their name Again, in a polite way, in a friendly way, followed by one minute. So it would be Bob, one minute, or Terry, one minute. Um, nothing loud. We're, we're not cutting them off. We are saying you only have one minute. And you're giving the, we've given them two warnings now that I am going to cut you off at the appointed time. And we're being kind. We're not being rude. We're being kind to everybody else and to the speaker um, by giving him or her a heads up that we're going to actually cut them off at the time. 
Look, we have no problem with passionate people stating their case, being excited about the work they do, uh, and maybe even losing track of time. We all do it, and it's fine. We do have a problem with our meeting running over, and people may not yet have the skills to be crisp about their communications. What would be wrong with people learning how to be more crisp and efficient communicators because we run our meetings on time? Yeah, and this simple technique is going to take care of, I'd say, at least 90% of agenda items running over, would you say? Yeah, yeah. And for the other 10%, uh, we really do have to assert ourselves probably a little bit more. Uh, when Bob is still talking, we have to say, you know, sorry, Bob, but time's up. We're going to move on to the next agenda item. And Linda, it's your item. Lead us off. And when we do that, we look away from Bob and we look at Linda and we say, Linda, it's, it's, it's your time to start. And if Bob persists, it's really time for some one-on-one feedback with him. Remembering, of course, you can use the parking lot, which is another item of effective meeting facilitation we've, we we have in our effective meetings cast where Bob's unfinished business can go in the parking lot. You can cover it then. Yeah, good. Now, and we're going to end each agenda. We're going to wrap up each item with who does what by when. You mentioned that earlier, and it's kind of a, a reprise from our meetings cast. But we recommend that, just to be clear here, that you end each agenda item by recounting who said they were going to do something and what it is and when it's due. So, for example, hey, Bob, you agreed to have the new numbers by Tuesday staff, right? You're asking them and you're looking for a verbal commitment from Bob that, in fact, he agreed to do that. Yep. Good. There it is. And Bob says yes. And then he, then it's part of the meeting notes and everybody else heard Bob say he was going to have it done, yeah, which exactly. is just simply getting commitments for deliverables. All right. Now we get to the good part, which is the ending on time. And yeah, much, you know, starting on time, that might make you a villain. Some people may not like that. But if you end on time, you get a chance here to be a hero. So there is some positive in here for you. Yeah, true enough. Yeah. And really no sense to start on time and then not finish on time. It sends people, it sends people sort of a funny message to start on time and then just go over to be crisp on the beginning and then sloppy at the end. It's like putting the one's best put forward and then dragging the other one behind. It just doesn't make sense. Starting on time, folks, actually exists to make finishing on time possible. We're being respectful to everybody else's rest of their day schedule um, by finishing on time. And if you don't finish on time, it's a sad face for the whole angst you went through of starting on time and putting on an agenda. And look, if we manage each agenda item carefully, if we manage each one carefully, and finish each one on time, as I alluded to earlier, there's no reason our meeting won't finish on time. Although, to be fair, some managers have this habit of adding something called new business to meetings at the end. Hey, well, anybody got any new business? Folks, this is a bad idea. It's a bad habit. It comes from Robert's Rules of Parliamentary Order, and your your business meetings ought not to be run by Robert's Rules of Order. Uh, professional meetings do not follow that unless you're in parliament or in an elected body or you're a corporate board that has to follow them for official you know, fiduciary reasons or something. Right, and, and those rules have nothing aren't. to do with with running effective meetings they have to do with getting laws passed it, it, it's a different yeah it's Robert's a completely different, a purpose. different purpose yeah. yeah right exactly it's designed to be legally uh defensible and it's designed to be in some ways arcane i, I you know there are professional parliamentarians that's all they spend their life learning the orders and making up new ones and we don't have time for that we you know we don't need no stinking rules we need to actually get things done um so look, but there are still some things we can do to have those last few minutes go well. And and the first one we've already talked about, which is using a parking lot, right? In, in the same way that a welcome gives us a little front end buffer, having again, five minutes at the end for the parking lot 
to go over items that we didn't finish gives us a tail end buffer because 90% of the time, nothing's going to go in the parking lot. And so you essentially can go over by a couple of minutes of your last agenda item and you're still not to the end of the agenda, end of the meeting time. So definitely use the parking lot. Good. How about ending? I I like the way you talked about beginning the meeting, right? Which is state clearly, hey, we're starting the meeting, right? Don't don't ease into it. So how about ending the, the meeting? Is there is something we should be doing there as well? Yeah, it's the same thing. The reason I ask is because I've been in tons of meetings where you sit there. It looks like everything's done. You got all the agenda items wrapped up. But the, the person leading the meeting, and again, we're just going to assume here for a second that you're starting this stuff with your team, right? So you're the you're the top dog in the room. And the person sits there, they don't get up, they don't do anything. And and folks, they don't want to leave. They don't they don't feel comfortable getting up when right in the midst of their boss's chatter. Yeah, or or anybody else's chatter for that matter, right? I mean, there's just this feeling that meetings kind of leak to it, you know, they limp to an ending or they leak. Uh, their last little bit of energy out and it's, yeah. So, so look, you start a meeting on time by saying, okay, welcome. We're starting. And you end a meeting by standing up and saying, okay, meeting's over. And you end it when you come to the end time. Now, look, look, if you finish five minutes early, great. Say, okay, we're finished early. Five minutes early. We're done. Right. Do that three or four times in the first couple of months. People will say, wow, I'll go to that meeting. It's 90 minutes long and it finishes five minutes early every time. That's fabulous. But yeah, you, you look, you don't go over your end time. If you're wondering how you just in the meet, you stand up and you say the meeting's over and, and you could, you're welcome to say, we didn't finish the agenda, but the meeting's over. We need to get better at this, but the meeting's over and you stand up and you fold your stuff up and, and people say, wait, 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 it shouldn't take just a few more minutes. And yeah, in our effective meetings cast, we suggested some ways you go over on time, but we're not, we're, we're not going to reinforce that right now. What we're going to reinforce is stand up and be done. And people will get the impression that they don't have a safety valve, that they don't have 10 extra minutes. It would be like me telling you, Mike, if you work for me, oh, look, have everything to me on Thursday at noon. And then you knowing that I check on it Friday at noon. And so therefore the, the, the official deadline may be Thursday at noon, but the, uh, but the essential deadline, the actual deadline is Friday at noon. And you've got a little bit of buffer and you always plan for the buffer of Friday noon. By the same token, if, if I'm sitting there at nine o'clock when our meeting is scheduled to be over and I allow the meeting to continue going, people are going to say, well, the meeting's not over yet. And it's not that they're wrong or that they're bad. It's just, that's the way meetings have been run. And there's no, nobody really ending meetings on time. In fact, in some cases, when two or three people leave, when the meeting's 10 minutes late and people are saying, I really need to get to my next meeting because the starting is really important. And in our culture, meetings really start to start about 10 minutes after the hour, even though they're scheduled to start right at the top of the hour. Suddenly there are three or four people less, three or four less people in the room. And, and people say, well, you know, okay, we're losing people. Let's go ahead and end it. No, don't do that. End it right at the top of the hour when you've got everybody. Say, we're not done. I'll I'll get with you, Jerry, and we'll talk about acts, you know, in in a separate conversation. That's the only thing we didn't get done. And and so we're adjourned. Uh, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said adjourned. That's a a classic parliamentary procedure or word we don't want to use. Yeah, we don't want to say that. Yeah, so so we we basically what we've done basically it's simple. Meetings don't end because managers, leaders of meetings, let them continue. So just stop it. Just end your meeting. Again, something may not have gotten done, just like all your other meetings that have ever gone on before. The fact that something doesn't get done is not a reason to not adopt this new timely meetings rec- these new timely meetings recommendations that we've talked about that we're putting all together in one cast for you because stuff is not getting done in your other meetings too. Now we have established a standard of efficiency and professionalism that's going to create new behaviors. And one of those is the meeting leader standing up and saying, we're done. And that's going to increase people's 
interest and ability in getting in helping you finish on time because it benefits them to finish on time. Good. Now we we can't go a whole podcast here without at least mentioning one on ones and feedback, right? So, <laughs> so so here's here might be a, gr- a great time to talk about it. Look, if you have folks that are regularly coming late to meetings, it's just a behavior. Lateness is just a behavior, and frankly, an ineffective and expensive one at that. So. We talked about managing with love, right? So you're not going to berate them publicly. You're not going to punish them. You're just simply going to give them feedback. So if you have latecomers coming to your meeting, again, we talked about starting this with your meetings, then in your one-on-ones, just give them some polite and brief negative feedback. Hey, Bob, can I give some feedback? When you're late, you miss important stuff. Can you do that differently next time? That's it, right? Yeah, it, it's not It's not rude. It's not... It's not uh unnecessarily direct or, or forceful in any way. It's simple. It's professional feedback. You're saying, look, you know, you're late. And uh, I just want you to know when you're late, there's a negative consequence. Please change that. Yeah. Okay. The meeting that we're talking about is a group function. People need to be there, but groups aren't late. Individuals are late. And if several of them are late, then you say, well, they were all late. Well, okay. Yes. But it took those individuals being late to make the group late. Give the individuals feedback. No need to be rude. Don't do it in front of other people. Certainly, as we said before, don't embarrass people. Simply wait for a private moment, as we've suggested before when feedback, and ask them to change their behavior. Not rocket science, and people will respond very appropriately. Good. Now, like everything we do at Manager Tools, you follow the advice we've given here, and you do it during your first meeting. You've gone through all this. You're getting feedback, all that. And of course, the next meeting is going to be perfect, right? Isn't that the way it works? Yes, perfect. No problemo. <laughs> now, now, the next meeting, more people will show up on time. Uh, definitely more people will show up on time. And there will be a little bit more crispness. But some people won't have heard or won't believe it or say, well, it was just a one-off kind of thing. And the first one's going to be a little bit messy because you're going to do it poorly and there's going to be some stumbling blocks and your team's going to think you're a little bit weird. And right now they think you're inefficient and ineffective. So maybe weird is a step up. There's going to be a little bit of that flavor of the month thinking in that second meeting. Oh, you know, is this something that's going to go away? And it's funny. You know, it's funny, Mike. Um, somehow getting better as a manager is poo-pooed. Getting better as an engineer is not poo-pooed. Getting better as a marketer is not poo-pooed. Trying to do your job better professionally, not as a manager, but in any way in, in terms of your specialty, that's not poo-pooed. In fact, it's encouraged. It's rewarded. But somehow getting better as a manager, having to behave differently in front of the people who report to you, somehow it's okay. I was at an airport just yesterday and there was a, a in one of the, the newspaper, in one of the newsstands, uh, one of the shops that sold magazines and books and so on, there was a display of coffee mugs and it was coffee mugs by job like nanny or cook or bus driver or janitor or engineer or architect, right? And they had little sayings on them. And the sayings were all positive, you know, best architect in the world because I try, because I care or something like that. Or I love being a nanny. I love the kids. I love taking care of them. And some of them were rhyming and so on. I'm doing a poor job. And they were quite attractive coffee cups, um, you know, something you could give as a gift. And then, then I saw, you know, I was looking for consultant to see what it would say. And there's not one. I was looking for management consultant. There wasn't one. And I saw there's one for manager. You know what it said for manager? All the other ones are positive. For a manager, it says, my people say I don't listen. 
My, my people told me I don't listen or something like that. The only one that was negative was the manager. And so, you look, look you're, people are already laughing at us as managers. There's already a, a standard Dilbert-esque sort of theme of you can get away with, you know, sort of joking, making a joke about management. But Well, that's because people don't study it. People don't try to improve it. It's become a self-fulfilling prophecy. And flavor of the month is one of those things that helps. Oh, yeah, management says it's going to change, and then they fall back. And then they expect us to make changes, and they make they expect our changes to stick, but their changes never seem to. So yeah, there there's a there there will be some some Schadenfreude if we try this and fail, and so you're gonna have to stick with it. But you'll notice after three meetings that that more people, if not all, almost all, will be on board and will have changed their behavior. And 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 a couple of meetings after that, you'll discover that you'll be really good at agendas, and meetings will get crisper. And you'll probably save five minutes the second meeting, five or ten minutes the first meeting you do this, and 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 more after that. Don't get discouraged. Don't overdo the, the the feedback to people that are late. Just quietly intend to stick it out. Have patience. It will happen. Your meetings will get better. And not only that, the meetings will become shorter and you'll get more time back. And the quality of the meetings will improve because you'll get better ideas quicker uh, and therefore more efficiently. And look, sort of summing up, everybody hates meetings because they go to them and nothing seems to happen. And so we schedule another one, which, of course, is more of the same. And more of the same is not the answer. The answer is better. And better starts with starting and staying and ending on time. You'll actually get higher quality by first focusing on efficiency in your meetings. Good. That was a a longer cast, but important one, I think. Yeah, as much as people complain to us about their meetings, this is, you know, let, let's take bull by, bull by the horns and say, okay, this is one of the big pain points everybody has. Here's how to fix it. Start on time, stay on time, end on time, give your feedback to late companies during their one-on-ones, right? Not, you know, not publicly, don't try to embarrass them. And then it's going to take a while. It's going to take three meetings, maybe even four um, to get things on track, fight through that, oh, this is flavor of the month and you'll benefit for a long time to come. And once you do it, just like one-on-ones, you'll never go back to the old way. Excellent. Thanks, my friend. Thanks, partner. We'll see you. Thanks, everyone. That's it. And we'll see you back here again next week. So long.